Chapter Four of the Chartreuse of Parma by Stendhal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Four. Nothing woke him. Neither the shots that rang out close to the little cart, nor the jolting of the horse which the good woman whipped up with all her might. The regiment, after having believed all day long that victory was on its side, had been unexpectedly attacked by clouds of Prussian cavalry, and was retreating, or rather flying, toward the French border. The colonel, a handsome, well-set-up young man, who had succeeded to Macon's command, was cut down. The major who took his place, an old fellow with white hair, halted the regiment. Come, he shouted to his men, in the days of the Republic none of us ran away till the enemy forced us to it. You must dispute every inch of the ground, and let yourselves be killed, he added with an oath. It's our own country that these Prussians are trying to invade now. The little cart stopped short, and Fabrizio woke with a jump. The sun had disappeared long ago, and he noticed to his surprise that it was almost dark. The soldiers were running hither and thither in a state of confusion, which greatly astonished our hero. It struck him that they were all looked very crestfallen what's the matter said he to the cantiniere nothing at all the matter is that we're done for my boy that the prussian cavalry is cutting us down that's all the fool of a general took it for our own at first now then look sharp help me to mend the trace cocotte has broken it several musket shots rang out about ten paces off our hero now thoroughly rested said to himself but really all this whole day through i have never fought at all all i have done was to ride escort to a general i must go and fight said he to the woman make your mind easy you'll fight more than you want we're all done for aubry my boy she shouted to a corporal who was passing by give an eye to the little cart now and then are you going to fight said fabrizio to aubry no i'm going to put on my pumps and go to the ball i'm after you look after the little hussar shouted the cantiniere he's a plucky young chap corporal aubry marched on without saying a word eight or ten soldiers ran up and joined him he led them up behind a big oak with brambles growing all round it once there he stationed them still without opening his lips in a very open line along the edge of the wood each man at least ten paces from his neighbour now then you fellows he said and it was the first time his voice had been heard don't you fire until you hear the word of command remember you've only three cartridges apiece but what is happening wondered fabrizio to himself at last when he was alone with the corporal he said i have no musket hold your tongue to begin with go forward fifty paces beyond the wood you'll find some of our poor fellows who've just been cut down take a musket and ammunition pouch off one of them but mind you don't take them from a wounded man take the gun and pouch from some man who is quite dead and look sharp for fear you should get shot at by our own people fabrizio started off at a run and soon came back with a musket and ammunition pouch load your musket and get behind this tree and above all don't fire till i give the word great god said the corporal breaking off he doesn't even know how to load his weapon he came to fabrizio's rescue and went on talking as he did it if any of the enemy's cavalry ride at you to cut you down slip round your tree and don't fire your shot till your man's quite close not more than three paces off your bayonet must almost touch his uniform but will you chuck that great sword of yours away exclaimed the corporal 
Do you want it to throw you down? It's death! What soldiers they send to us nowadays! And as he spoke, he snatched at the sword himself and threw it angrily away. Here, wipe the flint of your gun with your handkerchief. But have you ever fired a gun off? I am a sportsman. God be praised, said the corporal, with a sigh of relief. Well, mind you don't fire till I give the word. And he departed. Fabrizio was filled with joy. At last, said he to himself, I am really going to fight and kill an enemy. This morning they were shooting at us, and all I did was to expose myself, a fool's errand. He looked about in every direction with the most eager curiosity. After a moment, seven or eight musket shots rang out close to him, but as he received no order himself, he stood quietly behind his tree. It had grown almost quite dark. He could have fancied he was hunting bears in the Tramezzina above Grianta. He bethought him of a hunter's trick, took a cartridge from his pouch, and extracted the ball. If I get a sight of him, he said he, I mustn't miss him. And he slipped the extra ball down the barrel of his gun. He heard two shots fired close to his tree, and at the same moment he beheld a trooper dressed in blue, galloping in front of him from right to left. He's more than three paces off, said he, but at this distance I can't well miss him. He covered the horseman with his musket and pulled the trigger. The horse fell and his rider with him. Our hero fancied he was hunting and ran joyfully up to the quarry he had just bagged. He had got quite close to the man, who seemed to him to be dying, when two Prussian troopers rode down upon him at the most astounding rate, with their swords lifted to cut him down. Fabrizio took to his heels and ran for the wood, throwing away his gun so that he might run the quicker. The Prussian troopers were not more than three paces behind him when he reached a plantation of young oaks, very straight growing, and about as thick as a man's arm, which skirted the wood. The little oaks checked the horsemen for a moment but they soon got through them and pursued fabrizio across a clearing they were quite close on him again when he managed to slip between seven or eight big trees just at that moment his face was almost scorched by the fire from five or six muskets just in front of him he lowered his head and when he raised it again he found himself face to face with the corporal have you killed yours said the corporal yes but i've lost my musket muskets are not the thing we are short of you're a good chap though you do look like a muff You've done well today, and these fellows have just missed the two who were after you and were riding straight upon them. I didn't see them. Now we must make off. The regiment must be half a mile away, and besides, there's a little bit of meadow to cross where we may be taken in flank. As he talked, the corporal marched swiftly along at the head of his ten men, some two hundred paces farther on. As he entered the little meadow of which he had spoken, they came upon a wounded general supported by his aide-de-camp and a servant. You must give me four men, said he to the corporal, and his voice was faint. I must be carried to the ambulance. My leg is shattered. You may go to the devil, replied the corporal, you and all the rest of the generals. You've all of you betrayed the emperor this day. What? cried the general in a fury. You won't obey my orders? Do you know that I am the general Count B, commanding your division? And so forth, with a string of invectives. The aide-de-camp rushed at the soldier. The corporal thrust at him with his bayonet, and then made off at the double, followed by his men. "'May they all be like you,' he repeated with an oath, with their legs shattered and their arms too. A pack of rascals, sold to the Bourbons and traitors to the Emperor, every one of them. Fabrizio heard the hideous accusation with astonishment. Toward ten o'clock in the evening the little party came upon the regiment, at the entrance to a big village consisting of several narrow streets but fabrizio noticed that corporal aubry avoided speaking to any of the officers it's impossible to get on cried the corporal every street was crowded with infantry cavalry and especially with eight artillery caissons and baggage wagons 
the corporal tried to get up three of these streets but after about twenty paces he was forced to stop everybody was swearing and everybody was in a rage some other traitor must be in command cried the corporal if the enemy has the sense to move round the village we shall all be taken like dogs follow me men fabrizio looked there were only six soldiers left of the corporal's party through a big open doorway they passed into a great poultry yard and thence into a stable from which a little door admitted them into a garden here they lost their way for a moment and wandered hither and thither but at last climbing over a hedge they found themselves in a huge field of buckwheat and within less than half an hour following the noise of shouting and other confused sounds they had got back into the high road on the other side of the village the ditches on either side of the road were full of muskets which had been thrown away and fabrizio took one for himself but the road broad as it was was so crowded with carts and fugitives that in half an hour the corporal and fabrizio had hardly got five hundred paces forward they were told that the road would lead them to charleroi as the village clock struck eleven let us strike across country again cried the corporal the little band now consisted only of three privates the corporal and fabrizio when they had got about a quarter of a league from the high road i'm done up said one of the soldiers and so am i said another that's fine news we're all in the same boat said the corporal but do as i tell you and you'll be the better for it he caught sight of five or six trees growing beside a little ditch in the middle of an immense field of corn make for the trees said he to his men lie down here he added when they had reached them and above all make no noise but before we go to sleep which of you has any bread i have said one of the soldiers hand it over commanded the corporal with a masterful air he divided the bread into five pieces and took the smallest for himself a quarter of an hour before daybreak he said as he munched you'll have the enemy's cavalry upon you the great point is not to get yourself run through on these great plains one man alone with cavalry at his heels is done for but five men together may save themselves all of you stick faithfully to me don't fire except at close quarters and i'll undertake to get you into charleroi to-morrow night an hour before daybreak the corporal roused them he made them reload their weapons the noise on the highway still continued it had been going all night like the noise of a distant torrent it's like the noise sheep make when they are running away said fabrizio to the corporal with an artless air will you hold your tongue you greenhorn said the corporal angrily and the three privates who with fabrizio composed the whole of his army looked at our hero with an expression of indignation as if he had said something blasphemous he had insulted the nation this is rather strong thought our hero to himself i noticed the same sort of thing at milan under the viceroy they are not running away oh dear no with these frenchmen you must never tell the truth if it hurts their vanity but as for their angry looks i don't care a farthing for them and i must make them understand it they were still marching along some five hundred paces from the stream of fugitives which blocked the high road a league farther on the corporal and his party crossed a lane running into the high road in which many soldiers were lying here fabrizio bought a tolerable horse for forty francs and from among the numerous swords that were lying about he carefully chose a long straight weapon as i am told that i must thrust he thought this will be best thus equipped he put his horse into a canter and soon came up with the corporal who had gone forward he settled himself in his stirrups seized the sheath of his sword with his left hand and addressed the four frenchmen 
these fellows who are fleeing along the highway look like a flock of sheep they move like frightened sheep in vain did he dwell upon the word sheep his comrades had quite forgotten that only an hour previously it had kindled their ire here we perceive one of the contrasts between the french and the italian character the frenchman is doubtless the happier of the two events glide over him he bears no spite i will not conceal the fact that fabrizio was very much pleased with himself after he had talked about those sheep they marched along keeping up a casual conversation two leagues farther on the corporal who was very much astonished at seeing nothing of the enemy's cavalry said to fabrizio you are our cavalry so gallop toward that farm on the hillock yonder and ask the peasant if he'll sell us some breakfast be sure you tell him there are only five of us if he demurs give him five francs of your money on account but make your mind easy we'll take the silver piece back after we've had our breakfast fabrizio looked at the corporal his gravity was imperturbable and he really wore an appearance of moral superiority he obeyed and everything fell out just as the commander-in-chief had foretold only fabrizio insisted the peasant should not be forced to return the five-franc piece he had paid him the money is my own said he to his comrades i'm not paying for you i'm paying for the corn he has given my horse fabrizio's french was so bad that his comrades thought they detected a tone of superiority about his remark they were very much offended and from that instant they began to hatch a quarrel with him they saw he was very different from themselves and that fact displeased them fabrizio on the contrary began to feel exceedingly friendly toward them they had been marching along silently for about two hours when the corporal looking toward the high road shouted in a transport of delight there's the regiment they were soon on the high road themselves but alas there were not two hundred men round the eagle fabrizio soon caught sight of the cantiniere she was walking along with red eyes and every now and then her tears overflowed in vain did fabrizio peer about looking for cocotte and the little cart pillaged lost stolen cried the poor woman in answer to our hero's inquiring glance without a word he threw himself from his horse took him by the bridle and said to her get on his back she didn't wait for a second invitation shorten the stirrups for me she said once she was comfortably settled on horseback she began to tell fabrizio all the disasters of the preceding night after an endless story eagerly listened to however by our hero who could make nothing of it we must admit but who had a deep feeling of regard for the good-natured cantiniere she added and to think that it should be frenchmen who have robbed and beaten and ruined me what it wasn't the enemy cried fabrizio with an artlessness which made his handsome face so grave and pale look more charming than ever what a silly you are my poor child returned the woman smiling through her tears and silly as you are you are a very good fellow and however silly he may be he pulled his prussian down well yesterday added corporal aubry who had happened to find his way through the crowd to the other side of the horse on which the good woman was riding but he's proud said the corporal fabrizio started a little and what's your name continued he for after all if any report is sent in i should like to give it my name is vasi answered fabrizio with rather an odd look i mean correcting himself hastily boulot boulot had been the name of the owner of the root papers the jailer's wife had given him two nights before as he marched along he had studied them carefully for he was beginning to reflect a little and was not so astonished by everything that happened to him as he had been at first in addition to poor boulot's papers he had also carefully kept the italian passport according to which he claimed the noble name of vasi dealer in barometers 
when the corporal had taxed him with being proud it had been on the tip of his tongue to reply proud i fabrizio valserra marchesino del dongo who is willing to bear the name of a dealer in barometers called vasi while he was considering all this and saying to himself i really must remember that my name is boulot or i shall find myself in the prison with which fate threatens me the corporal and the cantiniere had been exchanging ideas about him don't take what i say from your curiosity said the cantiniere and she dropped the second person singular which in her homely fashion she had hitherto been using i'm going to ask you these questions for your own good who are you really and truly fabrizio was silent for a moment he was considering that he might never come across better friends from whom to ask advice and advice he sorely needed we are going into a fortified town the governor will want to know who i am and if my answers show that i know nothing about the hussar regiment the uniform of which i wear i shall be thrown into prison at once being an austrian subject fabrizio realized all the importance of his passport the members of his own family highly born and religious as they were had suffered frequent annoyance in this particular the good woman's questions were not therefore the least displeasing to him but when he paused before replying to choose out his clearest french expressions the cantiniere pricked with eager curiosity added by way of encouragement we'll give you good advice about your behaviour corporal aubry and i i'm sure of that answered fabrizio my name is vasi and i belong to genoa my sister who was a famous beauty married a captain as i am only seventeen she sent for me that i might see france and improve myself i did not find her in paris and knowing that she was with this army i followed it and have hunted in every direction without being able to find her the soldiers struck by my foreign accent had me arrested i had money at that time i gave some to the gendarme in charge of me he gave me papers and a uniform and said be off with you and swear you'll never mention my name to a living soul what was his name said the cantiniere i gave my word said fabrizio he's right said the corporal the gendarme was a blackguard but our comrade mustn't tell his name and what was the name of the captain who married your sister if we knew his name we might find him tullier of the fourth hussars answered our hero then said the corporal rather sharply your foreign accent made the soldiers take you for a spy that's the vile word cried fabrizio and his eyes flamed i who worship the emperor and the french that insult hurts me more than anything there's no insult there's where you're mistaken replied the corporal gravely the soldier's mistake was very natural then he explained with more than a little pedantry that in the army every man must belong to a regiment and wear a uniform and failing that would certainly be taken for a spy the enemy he said has sent us heaps of them in this war traitors abound the scales fell from fabrizio's eyes and for the first time he understood that in everything that had happened to him during the past two months he himself had been at fault but the boy must tell us the whole story said the cantiniere whose curiosity was momentarily growing keener fabrizio obeyed and when he had finished the fact is said she seriously and addressing the corporal the child knows nothing about soldiering this war will be a wretched war now that we are beaten and betrayed why should he get his bones broken gratis pro deo and with that said the corporal he doesn't even know how to load his gun either in slow time or in quick it was i who put in the bullet that killed his prussian for him and besides added the cantiniere he lets everybody see his money and he'll be stripped of everything as soon as he leaves us 
and the first cavalry sergeant he comes across the corporal went on will take possession of him and make him pay for his drinks and he may even be recruited for the enemy for there's treachery everywhere the first man he meets will tell him to follow him and follow him he will he would do much better to enlist in our regiment no no i thank you corporal cried fabrizio eagerly i'm much more comfortable on horseback and besides i don't know how to load a musket and you've seen that i can manage a horse fabrizio was very proud of this little speech of his i will not reproduce the long discussion as to his future which ensued between the corporal and the cantiniere fabrizio remarked that in the course of it they repeated all the incidents of his story three or four times over the soldier's suspicions the gendarme who sold him the uniform of the papers the manner in which he had fallen in with the marshal's escort on the previous day the story of the horse etc the cantiniere with feminine curiosity constantly harked back to the manner in which he had been robbed of the good horse she had made him buy you felt somebody seize your feet and you were drawn gently over your horse's tail and were left sitting on the ground why is it wondered fabrizio that they keep going over things which we all know perfectly well he had not yet learned that this is the method whereby the humbler folk in france think a matter out how much money have you inquired the cantiniere of him fabrizio answered unhesitatingly he was sure of this woman's noble-heartedness that is the finest side of the french character i may have about thirty napoleons in gold and eight or ten five-franc pieces altogether in that case your course is clear cried the cantiniere get yourself out of this routed army turn off to one side take the first tolerable road you can find on the right ride steadily forward away from the army always buy yourself civilian clothes at the first opportunity when you are eight or ten leagues off and you see no more soldiers about you take post horses get to some good town and rest there for a week and eat good beefsteaks never tell anyone that you have been with the army the gendarmes would take you up at once as a deserter and a nice fellow as you are my boy you are not sharp enough yet to take in the gendarmes once you have civilian clothes upon your back tear your root papers into little bits and take back your real name say you're vasi and where should he say he comes from she added appealing to the corporal from cambrai on the scheldt it's a good old town very small do you hear with the cathedral and fenelon that's it said the cantiniere and never let out that you've been in the battle never breathe a word about b nor the gendarme who sold you the papers when you want to get back to paris go first of all to versailles and get into the city from that side just dawdling along on your feet as if you were out for a walk sew your money into your trousers and when you have to pay for anything mind you only just show the money you need for that what worries me is that you'll be made a fool of and you'll be stripped of everything you have and what is to become of you without money seeing you don't even know how to behave the good woman talked on and on the corporal backing her opinions by nodding his head for she gave him no chance of getting in a word suddenly the crowd upon the high road quickened its pace and then like a flash it crossed the little ditch on the left-hand side and fled at full speed the cossacks the cossacks rang out on every side take back your horse cried the cantiniere god forbid said fabrizio gallop be off i give him to you do you want money to buy another little cart half of what i have is yours take back your horse i say said the good woman in a rage and she tried to get off fabrizio drew his sword hold on tight he cried and he struck the horse two or three times with the flat of the blade it broke into a gallop and followed the fugitives 
our hero looked at the high road only a few minutes before it had been crowded with some two or three thousand people packed like peasants in a religious procession since that cry of cossacks there was not a soul upon it the fugitives had thrown away their shakos their muskets and their swords fabrizio thoroughly astonished climbed about twenty or thirty feet into a field on the right of the road thence he looked up and down the high road and across the plain there was not a sign of any cossack queer people these frenchmen said he to himself then he went on as i am to go to the right i may as well start at once these people may have had some reason for bolting which i don't know he picked up a musket made sure it was loaded shook the powder in the priming cleaned the flint then chose himself a well-filled cartridge pouch and looked all round him again he stood literally alone in the middle of the plain which had lately been so packed with people in the far distance he saw the fugitives still running along and beginning to disappear behind the trees this really is very odd he said and remembering the corporal's manoeuvre on the preceding night he went and sat down in the middle of a cornfield he would not go far away because he hoped to rejoin his friends the corporal and the cantiniere sitting in the corn he discovered he had only eighteen napoleons left instead of thirty but he had a few little diamonds which he had hidden in the lining of his hussar boots on the morning of his parting with the jailer's wife he concealed his gold pieces as best he could and pondered deeply the while over this sudden disappearance of his fellow-travellers is it a bad omen for me he wondered his chief vexation was that he had not asked corporal aubry the following question have i really been in a battle he thought he had and he would have been perfectly happy if he could have been quite certain of it in any case he said i was present at it under a prisoner's name and i had the prisoner's root papers in my pocket and even his coat upon my back all that is fatal for my future what would father blanes have said of it and that unlucky boulot died in prison too it all looks very ominous my destiny will lead me to a prison Fabrizio would have given anything in the world to know whether Boulot had really been guilty. He had a recollection that the jailer's wife had told him the hussar had been locked up not only for stealing spoons and forks, but for having robbed a peasant of his cow, and further beaten the said peasant unmercifully. He had no doubt that he himself would some day find himself in prison for misdoings of the same nature as those of the hussar. He thought of his friend the priest what would he not have given to be able to consult him then he recollected that he had not written to his aunt since he left paris poor gina he said and the tears rose to his eyes all at once he heard a slight noise close to him it was a soldier feeding three horses whose bridles he had removed and who seemed half dead with hunger on the growing corn he was holding them by the snaffle Fabrizio flew up like a partridge, and the soldier was startled. Our hero, perceiving it, could not resist the pleasure of playing the hussar for a moment. "'Fellow!' he shouted. "'One of those horses is mine, but I will give you five francs for the trouble you have taken to bring it to me.' "'I wish you may get it,' said the soldier. Fabrizio, who was within six paces, leveled his musket at him. "'Give up the horse, or I'll blow your brains out.' The soldier had his musket slung behind him. He twisted his shoulder back to get it. "'If you stir a step, you're a dead man,' shouted Fabrizio, rushing at him. 
well well hand over the five francs and take one of the horses said the soldier rather crestfallen after glancing regretfully up and down the road on which not a soul was to be seen fabrizio with his gun still raised in his left hand threw him three five-franc pieces with the right get down or you're a dead man put the bit on the black horse and move off with the others i'll blow your brains out if you shuffle with an evil glance the man obeyed fabrizio came close to the horse and slipped the bridle over his left arm without taking his eyes off the soldier who was slinking slowly away when he saw he was about fifty paces off our hero sprang upon the horse's back he had hardly got into the saddle and his foot was still searching for the right stirrup when a bullet whistled close beside his head it was the soldier who had fired his musket at him fabrizio in a fury galloped toward him he took to his heels and was soon galloping away on one of his horses well he's out of range now said fabrizio to himself the horse he had just bought was a splendid animal but it seemed to be almost starving fabrizio went back to the high road which was still quite deserted he crossed it and trotted on toward a little undulation in the ground on the left where he hoped he might find the cantiniere but when he reached the top of the tiny eminence he could only see a few scattered soldiers more than a league away he sighed it is written he said that i am never to see that good kind woman again he went to a farm which he had noticed in the distance on the right of the road without dismounting he fed his poor horse with oats which he had paid for beforehand it was so starving that it actually bit at the manger an hour later he was trotting along the high road still in the vague hope that he might find the cantiniere or at all events come across corporal aubry as he pushed steadily forward looking about on every side he came to a marshy stream spanned by a narrow wooden bridge near the entrance to the bridge and on the right side of the road stood a lonely house which displayed the sign of the white horse i'll have my dinner there said fabrizio to himself beside the bridge was a cavalry officer with his arm in a sling he was sitting on his horse and looked very sad ten paces from him three dismounted troopers were busy with their pipes those fellows said fabrizio to himself look very much as if they might be inclined to buy my horse even cheaper than the price i've paid for him the wounded officer and the three men on foot were watching him and seemed to be waiting for him i really ought to avoid that bridge and follow the river bank on the right that's what the cantiniere would advise me to do to get out of the difficulty yes said our hero to himself but if i take to flight i shall be ashamed of it to-morrow besides my horse has good legs and the officer's horse is probably tired out if he tries to dismount me i'll take to my heels reasoning thus fabrizio shook his horse together and rode on as slowly as possible come on hussar shouted the officer with a voice of authority fabrizio came on a few steps and then halted do you want to take my horse from me he called out not a bit of it come on fabrizio looked at the officer his moustache was white he had the most honest face imaginable the handkerchief which supported his left arm was covered with blood and his right hand was also wrapped in a bloody bandage it's those men on foot who will snatch at the horse's bridle thought fabrizio but when he looked closer he saw that the men on foot were wounded as well in the name of all that's honourable said the officer who wore a colonel's epaulets 
keep watch here and tell every dragoon light cavalryman and hussar you may see that colonel le baron is in the inn here and that he orders them to report themselves to him the old colonel looked broken-hearted his very first words had won our hero's heart and he replied very sensibly i'm very young sir perhaps nobody would listen to me i ought to have a written order from you he's right said the colonel looking hard at him write the order la rose you can use your right hand without a word la rose drew a little parchment-covered book from his pocket wrote a few words tore out the leaf and gave it to fabrizio the colonel repeated his orders adding that fabrizio would be relieved after two hours as was only fair by one of the wounded soldiers who were with him this done he went into the tavern with his men fabrizio so greatly had he been struck by the silent and dreary sorrow of the three men sat motionless at the end of the bridge watching them disappear they were like enchanted genii said he to himself at last he opened the folded paper and read the following order colonel le baron sixth dragoons commanding the second brigade of the first cavalry division of the fourteenth corps orders all cavalry dragoons light cavalrymen and hussars not to cross the bridge and to report themselves to him at his headquarters the white horse tavern close to the bridge dated headquarters close to the bridge over the saint june nineteenth eighteen fifteen signed for colonel le baron wounded in the right arm by and by his orders sergeant la rose fabrizio had hardly kept guard on the bridge for half an hour when six light cavalrymen mounted and three on foot approached him he gave them the colonel's order we are coming back said four of the mounted men and they crossed the bridge at full trot by that time fabrizio was engaged with the two others while the altercation grew warmer the three men on foot slipped over the bridge one of the two remaining mounted men ended by asking to see the order and carried it off saying i'll take it to my comrades who are sure to come back you wait patiently for them and he galloped off with his companion after him the whole thing was done in an instant fabrizio in a fury beckoned to one of the wounded soldiers who had appeared at one of the tavern windows the man whom fabrizio observed to be wearing a sergeant's stripes came downstairs and shouted as he drew near him draw your sword sir don't you know you're on duty fabrizio obeyed and then said they've carried off the order they're still savage over yesterday's business answered the other drearily i'll give you one of my pistols if they break through again fire it in the air and i'll come down or the colonel will make his appearance fabrizio had noticed the gesture of surprise with which the sergeant had received the intelligence that the order had been carried off he had realized that the incident was a personal insult to himself and was resolved that nothing of the sort should happen in future he had gone back proudly to his post armed with the sergeant's pistol when he saw seven hussars come riding up he had placed himself across the entrance to the bridge he gave them the colonel's order which vexed them very much the boldest tried to get across fabrizio obeying the wise advice of his friend the cantiniere who had told him the previous morning that he must cut and not thrust lowered the point of his big straight sword and made as though he would have run through anybody who disobeyed the order ha the greenhorn wants to kill us as if we had not been killed enough yesterday 
they all drew their swords and fell upon fabrizio he gave himself up for dead but he remembered the look of surprise on the sergeant's face and resolved he would not be despised a second time he backed slowly over his bridge trying to thrust with his point as he went he looked so queer with his great straight cavalry sword much too heavy for him and which he did not know how to handle that the hussars soon saw who they had to deal with then they tried not to wound him but to cut his coat off his back he thus received three or four small sword cuts on the arm meanwhile faithful to the cantiniere's advice he kept on thrusting with all his might unluckily one of his lunges wounded a hussar in the hand the man furious at being touched by such a soldier replied with a violent thrust which wounded fabrizio in the thigh the wound was all the deeper because our hero's charger instead of escaping from the melee seemed to delight in it and to throw himself deliberately on the assailants the hussars seeing fabrizio's blood running down his right arm were afraid they had gone too far and forcing him over to the left parapet of the bridge they galloped off the instant fabrizio was free for a moment he fired his pistol in the air to warn the colonel four mounted hussars and two on foot belonging to the same regiment as the last had been coming toward the bridge and were still two hundred paces off when the pistol shot rang out they were carefully watching what happened on the bridge and thinking fabrizio had fired upon their comrades the four mounted men galloped down upon him brandishing their swords it was a regular charge colonel le baron summoned by the pistol shot opened the tavern door rushed on to the bridge just as the hussars galloped up to it and himself ordered them to halt there is no colonel here cried one of the men and he spurred his horse the colonel in his anger broke off his remonstrance and seized the rein of the horse on the off side with his wounded hand halt sir he cried to the hussar i know you you belong to captain henriet's company very well then let the captain give me his orders captain henriet was killed yesterday he added with a sneer and you may go and be damned as he spoke he tried to force his way through and knocked over the old colonel who fell in a sitting posture on the floor of the bridge fabrizio who was two paces farther on the bridge but facing the tavern urged his horse furiously forward and while the hussar's horse overthrew the colonel who still clung to the off rein he thrust vehemently and angrily at its rider luckily the man's horse which was dragged downward by the bridle onto which the colonel was still hanging started to one side so that the long blade of fabrizio's heavy cavalry sword slipped along the hussar's waistcoat and came right out under his nose the hussar in his fury turned round and hacked at fabrizio with all his strength cutting through his sleeve and making a deep wound in his arm our hero tumbled off his horse one of the dismounted hussars seeing the two defenders of the bridge lying on the ground seized his opportunity sprang onto fabrizio's horse and would have galloped it off the bridge and away but the sergeant who had hurried up from the tavern had seen his colonel fall and believed him to be seriously wounded he ran after fabrizio's horse and plunged the point of his sword into the thief's back so that he too fell then the hussars seeing nobody but the sergeant standing on the bridge galloped across it and rode rapidly away the sergeant went to look after the wounded fabrizio had already picked himself up he was not in much pain but he was losing a great deal of blood the colonel rose to his feet more slowly he was quite giddy from his fall but he was not wounded at all 
the only thing that hurts me he said to his sergeant is the old wound in my hand the hussar whom the sergeant had wounded was dying the devil may take him cried the colonel but said he to the sergeant and the two other troopers who now hurried up look after this boy whose life i did wrong to endanger i will stay at the bridge myself and try to stop these madmen take the young fellow to the inn and dress his arm use one of my shirts for bandages End of chapter 4